0: Super excited uh, about this series that we're in. You asked for it. We're starting it uh, this week. What we're doing is we basically do this every year. We give you guys an opportunity to submit questions or topics that you'd like to hear a sermon on, and we do our best really to shuffle through all those questions or topics as you submit them. Uh, And so we uh, we shuffle through them. We pick a few to go go through during our series, but also some of the questions that you submit end up becoming series on their own. So we want to thank you for participating in this and helping us put this uh together but we're in again you asked for and the truth is we all have questions how many of y'all got questions just questions questions uh we have questions in life uh not too long ago i was in the living room with my family it was one of those few moments where we were all there together it was me it was amanda it was brianna it was sadie kate my eight year old and it was lawson my two-year-old almost two-year-old and so we're in there and on the television uh the television actually showed something about storks you know what i mean storks the birds that deliver babies, you know? And so Sadie Kate looked at us and she said, are storks real? And so of course, storks are real animals. And so I said, yeah, baby, they are. They are real, uh, real animals. And so in answer to that question or response to that question, Sadie Kate says, well, do storks deliver babies? And of course, the answer is no. And so I looked at her and I said, Sadie Kate, uh, storks don't deliver babies, doctor doctors deliver babies. And so uh, she said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know how a doctor helps a baby come out of mama's belly. Uh, That's called delivering a baby. And so she stopped for a second. You could tell she was puzzled. And she said, okay, well, I forgot. How does a baby get in mama's Belly, how does a baby get in mama's belly? And so, uh, you know, in my mind, if you're a parent, you can kind of see where this is going. But in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe it is that time that we have that little talk with her about the birds and the bees and uh, how life uh, comes about. And so I said, well, maybe this is it. And so I, I looked at my eight year old, you know, in, in the eyes. I said, Say to K, baby girl, I love you. And uh, why don't you ask your mom? I'm gonna go get me something to eat. And so I walked out of the room. You know what I mean? Let left that up. Left that up to her, right? But uh, we do. We all have questions. We all have questions. Questions about life. Questions about faith. And so this series again gives you an opportunity to submit questions that you might have, and we try to answer them from a biblical perspective or a Christian worldview. And let me just go ahead and tell you that today's question is a tough one. Okay? Today's question is a tough one. Uh, the question that was submitted is, is God real? Is God real? And, and really, it was, is God real without using the Bible, without using the Bible? And so that really is a, a, a tough question. Now, of course, we're in church, and so I would assume that some of us are Christians, some of us some of us are Christians. How many of y'all are Christians? you all like, I don't really know, okay? Uh, but some of us are, are, are Christians. Uh, some of us may be barely, but we're Christians. Uh, I can't answer that question for you as to whether or not you are a Christian. But, of course, we're in church. We're supposed to be Christians. And so we would say, yes, God is real. Amen? We would say, yes, God is real. But really, why would you say that? Why would you say... Have you ever thought about this? Why would you say that God is real. I remember growing up, there were times where my mom would tell me to do things. Anybody else grew up with a bossy mom, a bossy mom? Uh, My mom was here early service, and so I got to talk about this. But uh, my mom would sometimes say things, like I needed to do things, or uh, she would say, uh, you know, you need to do this or that or, or know about this. And I always wanted to know details, right? I always wanted to know, why? And so your mom was probably not like my mom, but sometimes when I would ask my mom why, you know what she would say? She would say, Because I said so. Anybody ever heard that phrase before? And you know, like, I, again, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that phrase. I wanted to know the details, I wanted to know why. And so, again, if somebody were to ask you, Why is God real or is God real? you might just be tempted to say, Yes, and that's great. But again, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Would you look at the person who's asking you that question and say, because my mama said so? Would you look at the person asking you that question and say, because my daddy said so, or my granny said so? Because if that's the reason that you were to give this individual, that wouldn't be a valid enough reason for your belief in God. That that definitely wouldn't be an answer that satisfied an atheist. That wouldn't be an answer that would even call someone who was doubting the existence of God and maybe even searching for answers to really even consider that God's existence is a possibility. In fact, Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that some of the reasons that people give for believing in God are are really ridiculous. They, they really are weak. They sound uh, terrible this past week in preparation for this message. uh, I did a little research online and I stumbled across an article that was written, written and published in a, in a really, uh, a really big publication, Christian publication. It was called charisma magazine. Anybody ever heard of that? Uh, it was really, so it was published, uh, to, and the answer or the, the title of this, this Publication or, or article was seven things that prove God's existence. And so, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, there we go. I got a seven point sermon I'm about to deliver that Sunday. And so, as I started reading that article, man, I was ashamed that this was something that was in a, a major Christian publication. I was ashamed that this was going to be something that other people read to actually maybe use to prove the existence of God if they were a Christian. But even I was even more ashamed that. Uh, People who weren't Christians were actually going to read it, and this was why they would think that Christians believe that God is real. And so one of the things that this uh, author said, one of the reasons why he said that God is real is because of thunder. Because of, because of thunder. And as I read that article, I couldn't help but think about Amanda, my wife. Uh, because, see, sometimes when it's thundering at our house and uh, the thunder is loud, our kids get scared. Anybody else, your kids get kind of scared of thunder. And so when that happens, Amanda sometimes will look at my kids. She'll look at our kids and she'll say, don't worry, it's okay, don't worry. That's just God bowling. That's just God bowling. Don't don't worry. It's OK. And so after I read that article, I talked to Amanda about that phrase. She used to always say And I said, why would you even say that? She said, because my mama uh, used to say that when I was I was growing up. But listen, if you're actually talking to somebody and you're talking to an atheist, maybe, and they said, hey, why do you believe God is real? And you said, well, I believe God's real because I've heard him bowling. They're going to look at you like you're messed up, M- messed up. That's what they're going to look at, like not, not messed up, messed up. They're going to think you own something, man, because that is not an intelligent way of thinking. That is not anything logical. It's ridiculous. And so, again, you still might look at that person and say, well, I believe that God exists even though I have some messed up thinking. And so they might look at you in response to that and say, well, how do you know, again, that God is real? Have you seen him? And of course, your answer to that question would have to be no. So they might look at you again and say, well, if you haven't seen him, he can't be real. To which you might reply to them, well, okay, well, do you believe in love? Of course, they would say yes. Do you believe in mercy? They might say, yes. Do you believe in compassion? They might say, yes. Do you believe in intellect? And they might say, yes, of course they would say yes. And so you would look at them and you would say, well, have you ever seen love? Have you ever seen mercy? Have you ever seen compassion? Have you ever seen intellect? Have you ever actually seen those things and of course the answer would have to be no they have seen signs of those things but they've never actually seen them things in and of themselves and so you might look at them and say well according to your train of thought if God is not real because I haven't seen him then neither is love neither is mercy neither is compassion neither is logic and intellect and of course their argument would unfold and they might look ridiculous because the truth is the most important things in life, things like mercy, things like love, things like compassion, things like intellect, things like logic, they, they can't be seen, they can't be heard, they can't be touched, but we all know them to be real. So the question again is, is God real? And so let me preface everything that I'm about to say by telling you guys uh, that, that I'm not a real smart real smart person. I've never been accused of being the brightest crayon in the box. I've never been accused of being the sharpest knife in the drawer. Uh, I graduated in the upper percentile of the lower percentile of my graduating class in high school. You know what I mean? Some of the folks graduated magna cum laude. I was like, thank God almighty. You know what I'm saying? I just got to graduate. I was excited about that. So again, there are plenty of people who are much smarter than me. And plenty of people who might listen to everything that I'm about to say. Maybe even you in this room, you're going to listen to what I'm about to say, and you're going to come up with some sort of intelligent argument to refute and to rebuttal what I'm about to say. And that's okay. It's okay. But in answer to the question, is God real? I want to give you three things that help me personally know that God is real beyond a shadow of a doubt. And these three things might help you if someone asks you, is God real and why do you believe that? It might help you as you talk to them, help them consider the possibility that God really does exist. And so if you're keeping notes, the first thing that I want you to see, one of the first evidence to me that proves God's existence is creation. Creation. Now, When I say creation, I'm not talking about uh, the animals that are all over planet Earth. I'm not talking about uh, Earth with all of its beautiful landscapes and all of its beautiful scenery. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. But the truth is there are plenty of scientists who would have you believe that society and everything that exists is the result of some sort of cosmic accident. There are some people who would have you believe that Earth and all the other planets that exist in the universe were, were the result of something called the Big Bang. How many of you have ever heard of the Big Bang? Not the TV show. I'm talking about like the actual scientific theory. Hey, and I need you guys to participate. They were real quiet this morning in the 9 o'clock service. I thought I was preaching to the wall, but y'all with me? That's a great time to say, oh, yeah, we're here, we're here. All right, so again, but they would have you believe in the Big Bang. And so I can actually get behind a a Big Bang theory. And so uh, if you're a Christian, before you go call me a heretic, what I mean when I say a Big Bang theory is I believe God said it, and bang, there it was. You know what I'm saying? That's what what I believe. That's really what I believe. But for people who would say that really uh, a Big Bang uh, started everything, here's my train of thought coming from someone who's from Pearl, Mississippi. This is my train of thought. When somebody says, just a big bang, it it happened. Uh, How many of y'all have ever slept? I said, participate. If you're not raising your hand, you're lying, or you're a robot. Both are calls for worry for the person next to you, right? All right, so again, how many of y'all have ever been sleeping? You've been sleeping real good, and all of a sudden, you hear some type of bang in your house, some type of thud in your house. Have you ever been sleeping... Man, what do you do when you hear that? When you hear that bang, you hear that thud. What do you do, right? So, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, at our house, we've been doing a kitchen remodel for uh, it seems like eternity, okay? But really, it's been three months. So, we've been trying to redo our kitchen. And so, what happened is our kitchen and our laundry room they share a wall, okay? The kitchen and the laundry room they back up to each other. And so, the sheetrock had somewhat been removed because it was all busted. Uh, But that evening I was trying to keep my dog, Zeus, I've got three German shepherds, Zeus is one of my German shepherds, I was trying to keep Zeus from getting into stuff that was in the house. So I put Zeus in the laundry room, and you can kind of see into the laundry room because some of the sheetrock was gone up top, okay? So anyway, I put him in the laundry room, I set the alarm, I go and I get in bed and I'm sleeping good. And and man, about two o'clock in the morning, bang! Bang! I hear, I hear this bank, man, it woke me up, man, I heard this loud noise, uh, and man, I heard footsteps walking down my hallway, bro, I woke up ready to regulate, man, I'm telling you, I grabbed the nine, I had 16 in the clip, one in the hole, Pastor Rob about to make some bodies turn cold, I was like, who's in this house, that's what I said, who's in this house, and I come around the corner, and there's my German shepherd, And his ears are back. And he's like, don't kill me. I said, bro, you almost got God. Man, I almost got you. But apparently what had happened was he had finished knocking down that sheetrock that was there between my laundry room and the kitchen. And he just wanted to check on us. But man, again, when you hear a big bang in your house, what do you think? You want to know what made that big bang. You want to know where it came from. You don't hear a bang in your house and think, that just happens from time to time. Do you? You don't You don't do that. That's not normal. And for people who would say it was just a big bang, my question would be, well, what caused the bang? What caused it? Some people would say, well, it was just two dust particles that were floating in this space of nothingness, and they just happened to collide. Well, again, my question to that would be, where did the dust come from? It's known as the cosmological argument because the truth is everything has a cause. Nothing just happens. A mirror does not break by itself. A home doesn't get built by itself. Kids don't appear by themselves unless you're in my house and you're trying to open up one of those ice cream drumsticks and they hear that rapper. It's like they teleport in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But kids, again, they don't just appear Out of nowhere, they all have causes. The universe, creation, it has a cause. I'm telling you, it did not just happen. And I believe the cause is God himself. He's the one who set things in motion, the unmoved mover. Genesis chapter 1, 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I believe God created it all, the rocks, the rills, the holes, the hills, the birds, the bees, flowers and trees, the ewes and the mees. And I don't believe that God began when the beginning began. I, began. I believe that God began the beginning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God has always existed. He set this thing into motion. And on December 25th, 1968, there were three American astronauts who were the first human beings to go around the dark side of the moon, basically away from Earth. And when they got to the other side of the moon, they thrust their rockets so that they begin to make their way home, and it was the Apollo Eight. And when they were making their way back around the moon, they looked at planet Earth in a way that no human eyes had ever seen before. Here's the picture that Time magazine posted. The astronauts literally saw Earth rise over the horizon of the moon. They saw earth draped in a beautiful mixture of white and blue, bordered by the glistening light of the sun against the dark void of space. And in this moment, when they saw that, they couldn't help but utter the words that we've already looked at in Genesis 1.1. And they said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. These astronauts didn't look at this and say, hey, you know what? This was just an accident. They didn't look at this and say, hey, this was the result of some sort of cosmic explosion. They didn't say that this is the result of dust just colliding together. They said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so again, all of creation, the universe, the fact that there is anything here proves to me It causes me to have to acknowledge that God is real. Again, he's the unmoved mover. He's the one who put it all into motion. So three evidence of God's existence. Number one, creation. The second thing, if you're keeping notes and you want to write it down, is the design of creation, the design of creation. Uh, check out this picture right here. Everybody check out this picture right here and put your imagination cap on. Let me see. you actually put it on because some of y'all it's kind of tough. Put it on, imagination cap. I need you to participate. Participate. Let's suppose that you show this picture right here to one of your friends. You show it to your friend, and they look at you just as seriously as they can, and they say, you think somebody painted that? How would you respond? You might think they were messed up, right? You might think they were messed up. Seriously, you might ask, are you serious? Because, come on, man, look look at this picture. Is it not obvious that someone painted this picture? This picture is not the result of just spilled paint. this This picture is not the result of some sort of accident. This is a precise work of art that definitely had planning and purpose. Hopefully nobody in their right mind would look at this painting and say, it's just an accident. Or what about this? How many of y'all know what this is, this next picture? How many of y'all know what that is? Some of y'all are like, I don't have any idea. It's a watch. Yeah, we carry phones. This is something people used to wear on their wrist to tell times. Can you imagine walking through the woods? Walking through the woods and you look down and something shiny catches your eye. And so you bend down to where that shiny thing is and you pick up this right here. You know, you wouldn't pick that up and look at it and say, wow, man, I guess all the rain that's occurred over planet Earth, you know, has flowed in such a way in this particular area to where this thing right here has just naturally come into existence. You wouldn't do that. You would look at this and you would see the numbers and you would see the hands that move and you would say, hey, obviously this was designed and built by someone. Of course, nobody would look at the Mona Lisa. Nobody would look at a watch and say that they just happened by chance. Yet some people will look at something like this and think that it it just happened by accident. Man, look around at Earth. Look around at planet Earth. It, It is literally the perfect environment for human beings. It's the perfect distance from the sun to where if we were just a little bit closer, we'd all burn up. And if it was just a little bit further away, we'd all freeze to death. You, you think that was just an accident? Earth has air. It has oxygen. Without it, guess what? We would die. Earth produces food for you and I to, to eat. And, and food that will actually break down if we don't eat it in time and reproduce itself. Is that just an accident? Earth has water and not just water. It's got a lot of salt water. Did you know that salt water covers the majority of the surface of the earth? Did you know that? It really does. And what's wild about salt water is that salt water will kill you. Did you know that? It will. You can't drink salt water. If you drink salt water, it will cause you to dehydrate and die. How many of y'all know that? Tell me y'all like, I ain't going in the ocean no more. I'm scared to death. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. But see, earth has this mechanism that has been built in it to where it, it it will water will evaporate and turn into a gas and go and rise into the sky not just water but specifically salt water and when it does that salt stays in the sea it stays in the oceans but water will that gas will eventually turn into rain and that rain will will provide fresh water all over the earth for for plants, for animals, and even for human beings. Do you think that that just accidentally happened? That it just accidentally happened? I mean, they didn't have water purifiers thousands of years ago. So God put one into, <laughs> into planet Earth. It didn't just happen by chance. Earth has the proper amount of gravity to keep us here. Again, there are, other, there are countless other mechanisms and really environmentally functioning processes and procedures that just seem to work together to provide a perfect home for human beings. And it's interesting that the Bible says that mankind was created last. So God created the heavens and the earth, and he created the land masses, and he created the sea, and he created the fish, and he created the fowl, the birds. He created the land animals. And then his last creation, he created humanity, which shows me that he prepared earth for us. He created this environment for us. Why would he do something like that for us? Psalm 8:4. David says this, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Why in the world would God care so much about us? Again, think about it. If one thing was changed, if one thing had changed, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here right now. We never would have been here. I don't know about you, but to me it just requires more faith to believe that we just came about by chance, that we just came about, that planet Earth just came about by chance and that this Earth just kind of evolved and we magically appeared out of some pool of ooze. It just takes more faith to believe that. So three evidences of God's existence are creation, the design of creation, and this last one here, and follow me, is that we acknowledge good and evil the fact that we acknowledge good and evil can we just all agree that there are some things in this world that are good like I mean, good things like Ford F-150s, they're good, right? Uh, they're good, they're good. Uh, I mean, uh, Dairy Queen, ice cream cake, anybody know what I'm talking about? Them some good, especially that chocolatey stuff in the middle. I don't know what it is, but it's heavenly, right? It's good. And so what about this? So we can agree that there are some good things. What about can we agree that there are also some bad things, some wrong things that exist in this world. Some people say, well, I don't know about that, Robert. I, I don't know that there are some wrong things. What about this? In August 2005, there was this mother who was having an argument with her daughter's father. And in the middle of that argument, that mother went over to that child who was 28 days old. The child's name was Paris. That mother grabbed that baby, put that baby in a microwave, and turned the microwave on. Can we just admit that's bad? That's wrong? I hope so. But see, for an atheist, for somebody who doesn't believe in God, for them to be outraged over a baby dying in a microwave, or for them to be upset about hearing about some terrible senseless murder on the 10 o'clock news, it it just doesn't make sense in an atheistic and evolutionary worldview, where people are just the result of some cosmic accident where people are just a bunch of chemicals that are made up and where people are just a bunch of animals see if people are just animals then murder is no different than a lion killing an elephant i mean a a lion killing an antelope right see when this happens there aren't protests that start around the world there's people aren't outraged people don't say somebody needs to do something to that lion that's not right Why are we like that? Because we know that that's just what lions do. We don't punish them. Again, but if we're just all animals, why should we get upset with other animals when they do wrong? Why would we we do that? If we're just chemical accidents, why would we get upset with chemicals for acting the way that they act? Like you've never gone into your refrigerator or your kitchen and gotten mad when bacon soda reacts to vinegar. You never said, man, why would it do that? Again, chemicals react because they're chemicals. Again, but if we're just chemicals, why, why, why would it, if we're just chemicals, why would any of that matter? See, this concept and this idea that human beings are valuable and that we're not simply animals and that we're not simply chemicals and that we have genuine freedom to make choices and that we should be held accountable for our actions. The, and if there's some sort of universal and moral code that exists, things like that come and stem from a Christian world view. Outrage over injustice just doesn't make sense in an atheistic view of life. See, if you stole a television from your neighbor down the road and an atheist in New York heard about it, what do you think they would think? Ah, no big deal, right? No big deal. But what if you stole the television from the atheist in New York? Would he have a problem with that then? Of course he would. Of course he would. Again, the idea of right and wrong, though, has no place in an atheistic worldview. If we're just animals and just chemicals, why does any of it matter? It wouldn't. But deep down, deep down, everyone on planet Earth knows that things like that do matter, and it's because we're not accidents. It's because humanity isn't just a bunch of chemicals. It's because humanity isn't just a bunch of animals. We're different. What makes us different? Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says this, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So God spoke all the other into existence, but he he took the time to form us and then breathe his life into us, making us different. Genesis chapter one, verse 27 says this, that God created mankind in his own image and the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. We're created in the image and likeness of our creator. Folks, we were created on purpose and for a purpose. So then why why don't some people believe that God is real? Why don't some people believe that God exists? i want to give you two quick, two quick ways, two quick reasons why I believe that most people or some people would say God is not real. And the first reason is because God probably didn't do what they wanted him to do. God didn't do what they wanted him to do. So they just said he must not be real. See, I can't help but think with a lot of the people that are in this room, there's many people who are in this room, how many of y'all have ever asked God to do something? You asked God to do something? Maybe you even said something like this, God, if you are real, will you do this? Will you do this? Maybe you ask God to heal a loved one. Maybe you ask God to heal your marriage. Maybe you asked God to do something for you financially. Maybe you asked God to save your child. Maybe you asked God to do a whole lot of different things and he didn't do it for you. So sometimes people think, well because God didn't do what I'm asked him to do, he must not be real or he must not love me because he didn't do what I asked him to do. But that's really a terrible reason to doubt that God exists. Just because he didn't do what you asked him to do. You don't treat any other person in your life that way. Man, how many men in the room are you married? If you're married, Put your hand up fast. It'll help you out later on today. I promise your wife will be like, yeah, he was proud to be married to me. That's right. That's right. So if you're married, men know what about this. How many of y'all have ever asked your spouse, you ever asked your wife to do something and she didn't do it? Don't put your hand up there. (laughs) Trying to help you, right? But for real, maybe you asked your wife, hey, honey, would you bring me some sweet tea out of the refrigerator? You asked her to bring some sweet tea out of the fridge, and she just didn't do it. Has, come on. Has that ever happened? You asked her to bring you something, and she just, you, well, when that happens, I promise you, you didn't look at your wife and say, you don't exist. You're not real. You didn't do that, right? When you ask your kids to clean their room, and they don't clean their room, I promise you didn't look at them and say, you're not real. Kids, they're fake. They're not there. They're, this, that, you, didn't, you didn't do that. You did not Do that. You don't just say someone's not real because they don't do what you ask them to do. Yet that's why so many people have convinced themselves that God does not exist because they asked him to do something and he didn't do it. You say, well then, Robert, why didn't he do what I asked him to do? Well, sometimes God doesn't do what we're asking him to do for a reason. We don't always know the reason, but here's what God says about himself in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So sometimes God doesn't do what we've asked him to do, and he has a reason and a way that we might not understand, but we have to accept that. So some people, again, don't believe that God exists because they asked him to do something and he didn't do what they asked him to do. The second reason is because if they admit he's real, that means they'll have to answer to him. If they admit he's real, that means they'll have to answer to him. Again, if you acknowledge that there's some sort of intelligent creator, you have to acknowledge that there's somebody bigger than you and that they are in charge. And so a lot of people would deny the existence of God. It's not an intellectual reason for denying his existence. It's, it's a rejection of someone being in charge. Because the truth of the matter is, nobody wants to have a judge. Nobody wants to know that this person who created us is going to judge us. We have a problem with authority. We do. Be honest, how many of you have ever had a, a ticket? You ever had a ticket? Yeah, yeah. Usually, when we get a ticket, who do we get mad at? The police officer. Were you speeding? Yeah. But the police officer. Did, were you parked illegally? Yeah. But the police We get mad at the police officer because we have a problem with authority. Even in the workplace, people talk about their, their bosses and they talk about people who are over them. We just don't like authority. But even if you don't like authority, even if you don't like things like teachers and like police officers and like bosses, just because you don't like them doesn't mean they don't exist. Right? Right? They're still very real. You say, I don't know about that. But listen to me. If you leave church today and you go 100 miles an hour down the interstate, don't do it. But if you did that and you got away with it, you might think, well, there's no police officers. No such thing. If you keep doing that, I promise you, one day you're going to get God and you're going to have to answer to those authorities for what you have done. And it's the same way with you and me when it comes to our spiritual life. You can live your life as if God does not exist, but sooner or later it will catch up to you. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 10-11, through 11, check this out. This is what the Bible says. It says that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow. How many knees? Every. Every. And in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Then he goes on to say, and at every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How many tongues? Every. Every Every person is going to have to confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Man, God is real, folks. He's real. In fact, Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says this, it says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are left without excuse, without excuse. See, I'm wrapping up, I'm almost done, but in 1984 there was an avianca jet from a european airlines that crashed in spain There was a big jet that crashed into the mountains and when it crashed into the mountains it it killed everybody who was on board instantly and so as investigators began studying this crash they looked for what they look for when it comes to every airplane crash they look for something that's called a little black box that's a, a recording device that's in the cockpit of the airplane. And so as they found the black box, they began to listen to what was recorded, and what they heard was this computer-synthesized voice, kind of like what you and I might hear sometimes on, a, on, a, on an automated telephone call. You ever had something like that? But there was this computerized voice that was basically standard on every one of these airplanes It was this particular model, and that computerized voice was saying over and over and over again, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. It was a warning, a warning system that was in this airplane. But on the recorder, the pilot could be heard in response to this voice that was saying, pull up, pull up, pull up. He's heard on this recording saying, shut up, gringo, shut up, gringo, shut up, gringo. And then he flips the switch to turn off the voice, and second later, the airplane crashes into the mountain, and everybody died. Well, that's kind of a parable, in my opinion, to how people are treating the evidence of God that exists today. They just say, Shut up, Gringo. Or ignore it. 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 Listen to me. Don't do that. Folks, he's real. He's real. And don't you wait until it's too late to acknowledge him for who he is. Don't you wait until it's too late to give your heart and life to him. Don't you wait until it's too late to live your life for him. Because one day every knee will bow. And one day every tongue will confess. Don't you wait. Don't you wait. You acknowledge him while there's still air in your lungs. He's real. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life, but maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, and just like me, there have been times in your life where you really wondered, hey, man, is God really out there? Is he really real? Maybe you got upset just because he didn't do what you asked him to do. So you took a break from him. Well, if that's how God's going to be, if you would say, hey, you know what? I know he's real. And I need to apologize for not living my life for him. Again, if you're a Christian, you'd say, hey, pray for me, Robert, that I'll live for him, even when he doesn't do what I've asked him to do. If that's you right where you are, I'm just going to ask that you lift your hand. Amen. 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 A lot of hands. Father, I wanna pray for these believers who from time to time, just like me, have doubted. But God, I pray that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Not because of just the three things that I've said today, but because of so much more. That they would know that you're real. Father, that they would live for you. As we continue to pray, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, but I wonder today, If you're here and you walked into these doors, you're not a believer. But as you've come today, you think you just came by chance, but God did come so that you would know he's real. He orchestrated this. And maybe as you hear about how loving God had to have been to create a place just for you, You would say, wow. Again, the fact that God would do that for you is amazing. And because of that reason, you would say, hey, you know what? If God loves me that much, he must love me more. And I want you to know he does. He loves you so much, he sent his son to die for you. So maybe you're here today and you want to give your heart and your life to him. If that's you, I'm just going to ask it right where you pray. Father, today, I pray that you would save me. I thank you for creating me. Thank you for loving me. Father, today I want you to live in my heart. You to live in my life. Because one day I know I'll have to stand before you. And so I confess you as Lord. I confess you as Savior. And I want to thank you for saving me. Again, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. But if you prayed to receive Christ today, if you prayed to give your heart to him, I'm just gonna ask it right where you, are. you lift your hand, so I can know the Holy Spirit's moving. amen, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that you're real today. And I pray that you wouldn't just be real today for us, but that we would realize that you are real every day. Bless us, help us to know We're loved above all by the creator of all. I pray in Jesus' name.